0: Came in last night from DC, kicking off your US tour. Tell me how
1: that went. Uh, went really well, actually. I really loved it. Uh, the whole the whole uh, goal of this tour is like I wanted to go back to the roots and you know do what I what, actually really love and why I like started in the pr- first place to, to become a DJ is do like intimate club shows where you can see the people, where you can touch the people, and um, and the first show in Washington was like right away like it was like the old days like was really, it was a good feeling, you know. Were you getting away from that? Tell
0: me why you wanted to circle back to that original uh, state.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, if you've been doing, like, if you've been touring for five years, the shows get bigger uh, in general. Like, the first year, obviously, was small clubs, and I I still have, like, good memories of that year, and uh, the gigs got bigger, um, which is also a lot of fun, you know. It's not that I had, like, a terrible time playing the big gigs, but... uh, I was just, I was, I was thinking back about the old days and I was just like, we were talking about a new US tour and I said like why not just do a little ten day tour and just do small intimate clubs just for once as, as a fun thing and uh, that's the idea.
0: I'd say the Elsewhere rooftop classifies as such a venue. So you're playing tonight with the sun going down, does that change the way you plan to play the music or what you're going to play in your set for the crowd?
1: Uh, I think rooftop in general is going to change because I think I'm going to. I always adapt to circumstances and crowds. So, like, I, I'm, I have no idea how the crowd's going to be, obviously. So, you know, I can't predict that. But a rooftop party, yes, I play other music than in like a dark nightclub. It's got to be a bit more deep, a bit more happy, a bit more, you know, sunny.
0: And when it comes to your live shows dynamics, do you like to get the party started with a bang or do you like to ease your fans into the set?
1: Um, what I usually do is the first 10 minutes I go into the bang, then I go like deeper for like half an hour or 45 minutes, and then I go a little bit harder and the last 10 minutes are also bang. So it's like first 10 minutes, last 10 minutes is bang, in the middle it just like gradually goes up.
0: And when you're playing your
1: live set you're you're picking the music
0: that you're going to play in it, Are you mixing in most of your tracks with other people's music to fit in between
1: or is it mostly going to be your music? Uh, Mostly my music. Uh, I'm also starting to, uh, actually my my goal is to have only my own music. Uh, So I'm working a lot on, you know, on the road on like edits and and remixes of of certain tracks. Uh, But right now I'm doing my own and then another song and then my own, like I'm doing back and forth. With your
0: persona, when you're performing live you embody this like circus act with the jacket, with the yeah. tents. What brought that theme about for your music? Was that a natural progression or was that something that came to you randomly?
1: Uh, not naturally, like I just, I just had one night in Paris and I played at this circus themed party and I was actually the night before I was at a wedding from one of my friends and they had a circus themed wedding. So I was at the, at the wedding and I saw one guy walking in a jacket, like the jacket that I now own and I said like well, it looks awesome and I have a party tomorrow in Paris, it's Circus theme, but I have to play there, can I just borrow your jacket and I borrowed his jacket and I wore it and the next day I woke up with like tons of messages on Instagram, and Facebook, Everybody saying the jacket is so cool, you should wear that and I just from then on I wore it every show.
0: You obviously like have your signature sound. It's very happy. It's very feel good. What inspiration did you have for finding that sound? What brought you to that point where you were like, "This is going to be my sound. This is what's going to stick"?
1: Um. Actually, I was. Um. I was in. I was a month. I was just thinking about like, what am I going to make now? Like, uh, making new music is always like a challenge because for me, I, I always want to be refreshing and I want to bring something new and. Uh, I just started listening to the music that I listened to when I started getting into dance music. And that's like Fatboy Slim, it's Groove Armada, it's like Basement Jacks, it's all those Moby, like all those those old guys. And you know, basically they make really like fun music, like just feel good stuff. And I saw this old uh, Fatboy Slim set on Brighton Beach on YouTube and the people are having so much fucking fun and that's where it's all about, you know? that's, uh, I'm an entertainer like, that's where it should be about, fun and that's when I thought, yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna make it. totally feel good music
0: and You put your head down recently for about 4 months this year to focus specifically away from the live set and focus uh, getting in the studio how did it feel to take that hiatus away from performing live? Was it easy to get back into the swing of writing?
1: Like getting back on the road, or
0: getting back into the swing of riding.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, in the beginning, it was kind of I had to get used to it, but it was uh, it was a delight to be honest. Because constantly touring, I don't think is very healthy. Because you're just in a constant driving, you never just stop and think like, "Holy shit, those were a couple of great months. Like I experienced so much. You don't have time to process a lot of things, a lot of great things." And actually, the, the first month when I was like listening to a lot of music and not doing anything yet, not writing yet, I just, I just thought about, like, what did I do? And Jesus, that was awesome, and that was terrible, and that was, you know, you just get a time to, to uh, yeah, process it all. And um, I needed a month to just be... To mentally reset. Reset and be, like, calm, and, and that, I think that kind of mindset you need to make fresh music. Original music. Just be calm and have no like kind of stress or I don't know how to explain it exactly. But.
0: Just to set aside some time for you to clear your mind and come up with something new. You can't just be tapped in all the time.
1: Yeah, and you can't be in the the, the mindset of I, I gotta play, make this to, in order to be successful and to continue to work. You just gotta be like, no, I'm gonna make something and you know it might not be very successful because it's very weird, but. Fuck it, I enjoy it. And that's most important.
0: Coming out of that four-month period, you obviously just released uh, Do Your Thing and line over the past few weeks. Tell me how that release is shaping your sound moving forward coming out of that four-month. Um,
1: well, that's. I think it, it's just like me uh, locking myself up with... I was still I was still trying, like, I, I want to still combine genres uh, and I still want to have my feel-good kind of but I, I was thinking like the, the most of this, the electronic music and the pop music I hear right now that it's all very clean it's all very perfect and it's all just it's too digital for me and I was like okay how I'm gonna go express my feelings about that and I was just like fuck it I'm gonna make it as dirty as possible just like uh, it sounds like I made it at the attic when I was 14 you know as a kid and that that's what I wanted the new sound to be like, a bit imperfect.
0: You're always sort of at the leading edge in terms of this happy, feel-good dance music, in terms of the beats that you've come up with, and I think they, these two songs are no different. You mentioned Fatboy Slim earlier, you can hear a lot of it and yeah. do your thing.
1: Yeah, it's got the repeats, like, the and it got the filters and all that stuff, because I was heavily influenced by him on, with that track, yeah. It's like kind of an ode.
0: Yeah, it has a it's got a retro feel, and you can certainly see that it's an old, it's yeah. like groove armada yeah, like, yeah, definitely, yeah. put together. There's a lot of EDM out there, but your music has sort of stood the test of time um, by keeping people dancing time and again. What do you think it is sonically about your music that lends itself to you know everybody dancing? Because there's a lot of EDM that's good, but it's not really going to move a lot of people.
1: Uh, I think it, in general the um, It's, it's my music, like I always, when there's a new release, uh, my music in the beginning always doesn't get like picked up a lot, but over time, like it takes months, like people start picking it up and like it's, it's not super easy to digest music. It's not complicated music, but it's not, um, like a pop record, like perfect pop record that everybody likes instantly. It's just like. That's why it lasts a little bit longer for me. Like it, The track can last for like four years and still, I can still play Teach Me, like I played, played it yesterday, which is a really old track and people still like it. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't think about it when I produce. So.
0: I was telling someone the other day that your music is perfectly suited for right now with like the playlist generation. It's not something that you would single out and just listen to out of nowhere, but in the right context, it's like, absolutely noticeable. It's mood music. Yeah?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: Thinking about the risks you've taken, doing that, being on the leading edge, was there a particular song, sound, or decision that you had to make at one point in your career that you felt really nervous about following
1: through with? Um, actually, the this new music I'm making right now is like, I thought about it for a while, like, You know, you're going really against the stream, against the current. So, you know, there's a risk there of people really hating it or, you know, nobody uh, will appreciate it. And everybody's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's crazy. Um, So I I thought about with these releases, like it could ruin my whole like tour schedule and like safe position I'm in right now. But then again, like if it it does, I, I really don't care. Because you know, I think in the end I'm more of a producer than a DJ, so I should be producing and, and w- what I think is most fun is experimenting and, and releasing experimental music. So,
0: With that mindset, as a producer, not a DJ, are you saying that you're chiefly invested in the sound of the music and not the reception of it?
1: Yeah, well it's a, it's a, not 100% obviously, like, yeah, it's always so. going to be important, especially actually like what my fans are gonna think of it is still very important for me so if there's a release and i get a lot of positive feedback on my instagram dm or facebook i i get really happy because that's very important as well like i'm not that selfish that i'm just making it for myself um but in general the pop audience and the pop radio i really do not care about like if they pick it up amazing love it but I don't care if they don't like it because it's, you know, it's not relevant for me. When
0: you're making that decision to re- to release that risky music or relatively risky music, do you have anybody that you lean on or is this mostly an individual thinking period?
1: Uh, no, it's I, I have one person, it's my mom. She's the test for everything. Like a lot of tracks are not released because of my mom. She says like, go where I'll go.
0: And when she's listening, she has a pretty in tune ear because you wouldn't think usually that your mother would be the one telling you if an EDM track is going to be a hit or not. So, what about her top, her style uh, allowed you to trust her?
1: Um, she well, she's other than being your mom. Yeah, she's she's my mom, but she's an opera singer. She's been in the game for a long time. She knows her music, and we have the same taste. We just have the same like. Uh, my mom also doesn't have one genre that she likes. She likes every genre, but it has to be just like I can't really explain. Like you gotta feel it. Um, so we like the same rock records. We like the same reggae records. Like so, I'm on the same page. And if she doesn't like it, I know like oh that's okay. Then I just think it's good, but it's not actually good.
0: What were you listening to when you got hooked into music to want to make it a career? Was it something that she had been playing or you had been surrounded by? What hooked you on uh, becoming a musician?
1: Uh, poo. I think it was James Brown. That was because of my dad, because he's like he likes that stuff. James Brown with the Sex Machine, I think. Yeah, and I used to dance on the floor. And Madonna, well, one of the Madonna old tracks. I don't know. Those were the two that kind of hooked me.
0: What broke you into becoming a thing? What was that moment?
1: Uh, well, actually, I think like one of the in Holland. Um, when I, f- I started releasing my records, they were first considered underground uh, and the underground people hated that because it's like very happy and it's like they got flutes and saxophones and they were like fuck no that's not techno, techno should be dark and just kick and bass and I'm like okay, I don't, I don't care. Um, so like there was a lot of hate from the underground in the beginning and that actually got me a lot of attention because people were talking about it constantly. Uh, news? Yeah, and at a certain point, everybody in Holland knew who Baker Bakerman was, which was good for me. So I think that kind of helped me, in the end, become bigger.